Welcome to our podcast. Here's Melissa, Laura, and Rob. Hello and welcome to this episode. So in this episode, Rob, Laura, and I are going to talk about ayahuasca ceremony one-on-one. So what to expect in a ceremony, the different kind of ceremonies, the taste of the medicine. We quite talk quite a bit about that, actually, especially after tasting our delicious cacao. And then like how the ceremony progresses and so on. So enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to this new podcast. Cacao, you doing? Cacao, you doing, everybody? <laughs> new podcast and new series. So we started uh, on this series of one-on-one. So mm-hmm. the previous episode was Ayahuasca one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And this one will continue with Ayahuasca and it will be like Ayahuasca ceremony one-on-one. Yeah. Dum, dum, dum. You've decided you're going to do it and you've selected the place. And now what, what happens? What do you, what to expect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? All so right. let's start from blessing our, blessing cacao, our cacao and help asking the support. All right. So everyone, if you could get your cup of cacao and bring it to your heart. It's too hot to bring it to I my know. heart. <laughs> it is really hot. <laughs> Freshly made cacao. Mm. All right. Take a deep breath in. Let that beautiful cacao fill your nostrils. We ask permission to work with this cacao at this time. We give gratitude and thanks to the people that brought us this cacao, who grew the pods, to the land, the plants that surrounded it and nurtured this beautiful cacao, the water and the air that fed this cacao. We give so much gratitude and thanks to this earth, to the people. Thank you so much for allowing us to work with you at this time, to open up our hearts and to allow us to fill this podcast with so much love, intention, and wisdom. Thank you so much for your assistance in this, and we honor you. Aho. 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 Well, I hope someday that uh, technology evolves mm-hmm. so that podcasts include smell because this stuff smells so good. <laughs> yes, it does. Mm. Yeah. We still made like laundry detergent and this smell. I wake up and go to sleep in sheets that smell like a cat. <laughs> so, that's where my goal is now. I have a new goal in life. Mm. I'm sure there are cacao scented like sprays. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't Somewhere. want no spray. Uh, yeah, we spray your mm. pillow every night. <laughs> and I also got a new cayenne pepper because we finished the previous one. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, I don't know if it's because it's new and fresh, <laughs> it's really potent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is potent. I, not- I, w- I noticed that. I was like, hmm. And is this the. Is this still the uh, Cuban cacao? No, no, we finished that already. Oh, I that know. was so good. That was so good. <laughs> Hopefully, we can go soon and get some more cacao yes. in Cuba. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think so. Mm. Anyway, so <laughs> cacao is so delicious. 
And then we're going to talk about ayahuasca, which, well, maybe not as good of a taste. <laughs> Definitely not as delicious. So uh, when you go into ceremony, I think the one thing that most people re- expect is that, oh, we're go- it's not going to taste very good. And so... Mm-hmm. And they're right. And they're... Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I think it depends on the person. Honestly, I've met people that do like the taste of ayahuasca. Yes. Um, I personally don't... It, it depends on the batch, but, you know, there are times when it doesn't bother me. And yeah. there's times when I can just smell it and I want to, you know. Mm-hmm. Those, those people are called noobs. And, you know, <laughs> give them a few ceremonies and they'll come back. Exactly. Like, uh, there is this interesting effect that it's possible that the first times it happened to me that the taste is not bad. And also, like, when I change kind of medicine, like... Mm-hmm. Um, um, when I, I tried Peruvian medicine, or when I tried um, Hawaii, Hawaiian medicine mm-hmm. for the first time, the first um, t- time I drink, it doesn't taste that bad. It was good, but then like you, you grow, it grow grows for some reason. So it's so the, interesting. The dislike grows. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, I it's, agree. It's absolutely so interesting yeah. how this your mind plays a role in how many times I notice how, okay, kind of if I just focus on my taste buds, it tastes the same. Like mm-hmm. some of them liquory, some of them other kind of taste. And I like it, but my mind completely doesn't like it. And overall, it's a feeling of <laughs> disgust, but <laughs> you, you it's the switch. My first time... Uh, you know, you don't know what it tastes like until you put it to your mouth, but you hear all this, you know, information about how yucky it is. And I was like, ah, it really isn't that bad, you know? Um, kind of tastes like, uh, I don't know, burnt raisins, <laughs> sticks, dirt. I mean, it's got a very earthy kind of, mm-hmm. you know, rich flavor mm-hmm. to it. Um, and the first time, it's not so bad, but... You know, imagine drinking tequila and throwing up on it and then drinking more tequila and then throwing up on it and then drinking more tequila and then throwing up on it and then drinking even more tequila and then throwing up on it. You probably aren't going to really like the taste of tequila all that much. And and that happens to be my case because I tend to purge. That's a good point, being nauseous. Because I remember when I was maybe 10 and I ate like uh, I was... And ice cream, you know, like those, just, it's just ice with sugar and some color things, whatever. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And and then I got sick. I got um You got sick of pox. ice? No, oh. no. I, was, I had the virus, but it happened to be oh. pretty much after that, and I got nauseous. Mm-hmm. And I could never even look at those things ever yes. right? in my yeah. life after. I think I... I <laughs> yeah. You, you throw the, the world's way. most powerful psychedelic on top of that, and then, yeah. you know, obviously there's a little resistance. Yeah. I had the same thing happen to me with Doritos oh. when I was a kid. For I, I loved Doritos as a kid. I was sick. I ended up getting very, I guess I had a stomach bug. I was throwing up, threw up my Doritos, 
And for years after that, I mean, I'm talking 20 years, I couldn't have mm-hmm. a Dorito. Mm. So hey, when yeah. uh, when Cool oh, Ranch came out, did that change things? No, no, <laughs> not even Cool no, Ranch. No, I had I had an aversion to Doritos, wow. and now I I'm fine with it. But it just it took me a really yeah. long. And I, I think like what you're talking about, it's that mental construct of yes. you know the flavor or whatever it you associate it mm-hmm. with not feeling good and then you don't want to drink yeah. it. So it most definitely could happen with it, ayahuasca. Now that you're so mentioning that. You know, I never liked regular Doritos at all. I like Cool Ranch when they came out, but regular Doritos, nah, never. And and now I'm having this thought, this memory come up for when I was a kid, and I think I threw up regular um, Doritos, regular Doritos yeah. and it was terrible. Yeah, because this um, was in the 70s. We didn't have any other flavor back then other than the regular original Doritos. So, yeah. Yeah, that's anyway. so interesting. Cool. Anyway. So how would you describe... What is what does it taste like for you? What is the ayahuasca? flavor? Yeah, it tastes like ayahuasca. <laughs> it is hard to describe there's, it. Yeah, there's always some licorice, mm-hmm. like like pure licorice, like black black licorice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, there's always some of that, and then some bitterness. Mm-hmm. And in the Hawaii one, it was a little bit like sort of huh, honey. Yeah. Like a sweetness? A little bit. Yeah. Which at first it was, okay, nice. Second cup, less. And third cup. Mm. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Yeah, there, there, there's always, you know, one or two people who are new to the medicine that say they enjoy the taste. And I find yeah. that interesting, you know. I, I, did, mean, I did too. I, and everyone, I wish I did, but I just don't. And everyone came up with a different description also. Mm-hmm. I've heard people call it like prune juice mixed with dirt. <laughs> yeah. You know, or, you know, because it's got that, uh, I don't know, it's like, it, it's the vine. So you're, you're tasting what, like a tree vine, mm-hmm. right? And, that's and that's being boiled down. So you actually, you get that flavor, right? It's boiled so, leaves and sticks. Yeah. yeah. So, that's, so it tastes like leaves it, and sticks. It does kinda. taste like that. But tree vines and, and leaves. The leaves, right? yeah. Which, like, it depends on the trees. So it's, it's, it's the ayahuasca that tastes that way. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, like, uh, licorice is, a, is just the same thing. I don't know if it's a vine, but it's definitely, like, a... If you yeah. ever, if you ever got like, you can also get like licorice sticks and there's an actual tree and you can chew on it. Um, really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I yeah. never knew yeah, where yeah. licorice came from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know exactly how that looks like because I used to buy like the actual sticks, like uh-huh. so in the wood and you chew it uh-huh. and it, it tastes really good. You can just chew on, on that. So mm. it's not just because it's a vine. It's because like that's ayahuasca taste. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, as many people says, it's like a, a safety, mm-hmm. right? Because so if it would taste as good as cacao, you would probably drink too much yes. for what you can actually uh, endure if you want. Right, <laughs> right. So it's really a safety. So you can really be Oh, that's what licorice cautious. looks like. Okay. Huh? Uh, so is it, is Rob's it showing tree? me what a licorice stick looks like. Are the sticks? Yeah, he yeah. Googled it real but quick. It, Exactly. It's really interesting. But I, I don't know, know if that. it comes from an actual tree or a vine that I don't know. It is a stick. It really yes, is. Yes, it, it is. Yeah, yeah, huh. 100%. Huh. 
people yeah. have to. I don't really care for licorice, black licorice. I don't like black Or any licorice, licorice in red. general. I like red. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think we just skipped over, you know, everything and just went to the taste. <laughs> I know, exactly. So let's go from, like... Like, where you wake, wake up in the morning, like, oh, hey, it's ceremony day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wake up in the morning, it's ceremony day, you're probably going to be nervous or mm -hmm. excited or both at the same time. Yeah. And remember, it's the day, so really be, like, cautious of your diet. So it's, mm -hmm. it's very... Don't, don't need to fast, actually. I think we right. said that also the previous podcast, like... Actually, or too it's good. much, for that matter. Yeah, it's yeah. it's good not to fast, also to have some energy, or mm -hmm. definitely not eat too much. So to be on the safe side, and also like easy to remember, I would suggest just eat some fruits. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely uh, easily digestible food. You don't want anything that's going to hang around in your stomach, rice, potatoes, and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So fruits and vegetables, definitely things not. that are uncooked. Yeah, yeah. like and yeah, digest very quickly. Otherwise, it's not pleasant when if you happen to purge and you still have all, all that in your stomach. Um, yeah. And then definitely not eat like five out, four to five hours before the ceremony. Also depends on how fast you digest food. Mm -hmm. Because if your digestion is very slow, maybe you want to take a little bit more. More time. Time or vice versa. Mm -hmm. I mean, not vice versa. But so regulate with yourself also with your body. Yeah. And the idea for that, I think, is because you're going to be purging. So if you have a full stomach with lots of food in it, well, like that's just not going to feel good as you're trying to purge it. Your stomach's just not going to feel re really good at all. Yeah, and, and keep in mind, purging the other way works, and it's not just what you had that morning, but you know, the night before <laughs> and the day before. So mm -hmm. you know, it's going to be coming out the other end. Right. You know, make sure you don't have any spicy burritos or anything. Which is why for me personally, I do fast. Um, but I either will fast the day before or the day of. Hmm. So it depends on um, what, how I'm feeling and how clean I feel. And I usually just check in with myself just to see energetically how I'm feeling. And if, okay. if I need to fast and if I want, you know, how, how my stomach is feeling. So mm -hmm. I don't know. And it's, that's just, that's just my routine. So yeah. it really just depends. Like this last time that I drank, I did not fast. Um, and I only ate very light. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me, that, that works really well. Okay. So I think, it, I think it varies per person, but I think in yes. general, either eating really light um, and just not heavy, I think, is the mm -hmm. best way to go into a ceremony. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also, also because I think it's the best to have your stomach ready, empty, to just receive the medicine and right. not still full of food that you're digesting. Right, because that's just going to hinder... Like when your body takes in the medicine, the medicine has to be absorbed into the, the cells in your body. And if you've got a lot of food that's already in it on top of it, your body is going to take it a lot longer to absorb that medicine, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Metabolize that medicine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. And if anyone there is worried about uh, being hungry or not having energy... Don't worry about it. Medicine will yeah. make sure that you have plenty of energy <laughs> yes. and you will not, not be hungry at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> maybe even not that night and, you know, you maybe have to wait till the next day to get something in you. Sometimes mm -hmm. it just, just mm -hmm. knocks your appetite completely out of there. And I think another point to that is um, in terms of not feeling good or, you know, having sort of 
issues going in, physical issues going in, um, people who have headaches, you know, a lot of times mm, people who have headaches going into ceremony, it's because of a caffeine withdrawal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be energetic as well, but typically it's probably because you haven't weaned off of caffeine completely mm-hmm. and your body's still craving it. But what, and, and depending on your, your tolerance to, ca- uh, to caffeine and how well you've weaned off of it, you can have a pretty severe headache during ceremony. Mm. Um, most of the time, the medicine will help you get rid of that headache. Like once you get into the medicine, you'll, you won't feel that headache any longer. But for, the one, for those that do have a severe um, caffeine dependence, I would highly recommend getting off of caffeine as early as you can prior to your ceremony. Caffeine is the devil. Yeah. Stay away. So how long before would you say it? Oh, man. You know, what I typically tell people is if they can get off of caffeine at least three days before, then they'll, they won't have that headache. Um, but I oh. asked them, I said, well, how do you do on caffeine? Can you, you know, not drink caffeine for a day or two and feel fine? And if the answer is, oh, I typically have a headache, then I say, okay, let's start weaning. So I'll usually tell them a week before, start to wean off of caffeine. And that's not stop it. It's cut your caffeine, to- like whatever you're taking in, whatever that dose is, cut it in half. Mm-hmm. And then continue to do that up until you get to about three days prior and then cut it all together out of your system. Yeah. And probably also double check what else you drink that may have mm-hmm. caffeine. That might have caffeine. You're not, you don't know. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people think, oh, caffeine's only coffee. Well, that's yeah. obviously not the case. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, I've had, you know, coconut water that was full of caffeine. And <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I yes. didn't realize that until I was not a caffeine drinker. And then I had this coconut water. I'm like, what is going on here? And I had looked at the thing and it was full of caffeine. Mm-hmm. So definitely make sure whatever you're putting in, you know, has that no caffeine mm-hmm. in- indicator on it. Yeah. Yeah. Good then, point. Yeah. So, you know, those physical symptoms that people have, you know, sometimes it's sometimes it's related to, you know, anxiety and stress. And sometimes mm-hmm. it, it is like related to something like a caffeine dependence or something. So mm-hmm. just be aware. All right. So we've jumped out of bed. We skipped the coffee and we've had a fruit salad. <laughs> and now we go to the retreat center, yes, mm-hmm. church, temple, mm-hmm. sanctuary, whatever the ceremonies hold. Mm-hmm. So and we're, we're what, right there. What do we what do we bring with us? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I think it depends on the, the actual location. center, like yes. what they're providing for you. And I typically I would think that they would tell you ahead of time mm-hmm. what you should bring, but. I think like what everyone should bring is a journal, mm. you know, something to write down and something that they can write down their thoughts, what happened to them, even if they can't journal in the middle of ceremony, yeah. which I personally can't. But yeah, um, if you can journal afterwards mm-hmm. and capture like just what happened, your thoughts, how your emotions, yes, all that, I think it's really important. So I always recommend bringing a journal to mm-hmm. pretty much everyone that comes mm-hmm. to ceremony. Oh. And, and a blanket, because I get cold. <laughs> a, a comfy pillow or two. I bring my own, but that's because I have a bad yeah. neck. Yeah. And but like, not a lot of people need Comfortable to. clothes. Yes, absolutely comfortable, comfortable clothes. clothes. Also, like, as a woman, I would, I, I guess, men too, but like, I really like, at the same time, be comfortable, but also be nice. And that's because, like, uh, uh, you know, it's a ceremony. Like, it's important. 
And that's how I mark that it's important for me. Like you would not go to your own wedding dress, like whatever. So it's feel like I'm going to commune with ayahuasca. So I like, like find that middle ground where you need to be comfortable and be able to move easily and breathe also. Mm -hmm. I often had that issue of like having a brow, something that would like be a little bit too tight. Too tight, yes. And sometimes you need to take this nice, profound, deep breath. And that's really like makes you so uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because... When you are under medicine, everything is enhanced. Yeah. And something that constr- constrains your lungs, it will be very, very uncomfortable. So also mm-hmm. be yeah. mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, definitely dressing in something very comfortable for you um, that allows you to move freely, that you're not going to worry about too much, not, like things that aren't going to constrict you, mm-hmm. things that aren't, you're not going to, like, trip over like as you're walking like strings or um yeah. something that's too long um yeah i Me, think all that i uh always bring an extra pair of socks if not some uh winter socks i am mm-hmm. the medicine makes me very cold so some if it's going to be cold out I mean, if it's the middle of summer that's one thing but if it's not i might even wear um leggings long johns <clears throat> something like that and definitely layers um, just because I get cold, so mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Also, a reusable water bottle. Mm, yes, that's uh, nice to water have. Water bottle is nice to have. Water bottle, and some people prefer to wear uh, an adult incontinence device. A diaper. A diaper. <laughs> just in case. Just in um, case. I have been one of those people that have needed that. So. Yeah. Just yeah. saying, it's better safe than sorry, and they have very nice ones at the local grocery store that you can purchase nowadays. Yeah. So there's, it's discreet, and you know, mm-hmm. no one needs to know, but it w- will save you, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Es- especially if it's something that stress you out. So anything that you yeah. know, if you make yourself comfortable physically and mentally, so that mm-hmm. you don't, you know, the dust taken care of, you don't have to think about mm-hmm. it. Doesn't, it doesn't have to be a source of stress while you are in the medicine and just you can work on your own thing already. Yeah. Exactly. Just completely relax about shitting yourself in a room full of people. <laughs> it's going to be okay. They're probably doing it too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the chances they are. And yeah. then I would suggest if if, they're, if you're called to, to bring like um, natural toothpaste or natural soap, like n- natural hygiene products that mm-hmm. you may... Um, Depending where where you are on your journey now, maybe right now it's not something you care about, but most of the time after a ceremony, it's something that you will start considering. So if mm-hmm. you already have it, that would be good for you, for sure. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. brings us to accoutrements. Wait, wait, wait. Accoutrements. I really, I, one other thing that I think people should bring. The, well, and we're still in the people should bring thing. <laughs> oh, we go, are. Go ahead, Oh, please. you've got more accoutrements. Okay, yes, what, was yeah. your, what were you going to say? Accoutrements, that's the category. Some people wear bracelets or necklaces or some people bring crystals. Something that, you know, reminds them of loved ones. Mm. Um, You know, some people have put worry stones in their pockets or, I mean, all kinds of different things. But for me, what I like to have is something that will ground me and bring me back to the space. Mm. I put something in my pocket. Um, and if, you know, I'm deep in my journey and I need to, you know, try to come back to 
my mat and, you know, ground myself a little bit, that's the first thing I do is I'll reach in my pocket and I'll, I'll grab for whatever's in there. Really? Mm. Yeah. Wow. More often than not, it's some type of a precious stone. Yeah. Um, I wear bracelets and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll like mess with my bracelets a lot. Mm. Like this, mm-hmm. like I'll, I'll always like just touch them if I need to, to get myself back into the moment mm. to mm-hmm. ground. But obviously we also do mapacho and Florida yeah. water to help us ground in yes. the moment. But I think that's because we're more aware. But mm-hmm. yeah, That's more of a tool. But yeah. You know, sometimes you see people come to ceremony and they set up a little altar and they put yeah, an they altar do. mat out and they have all their crystals and all the different mm-hmm. things they put on it. Yeah. Um, I've been sitting with people that have pulled giant crystals out of their braziers and you know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> huge crystal out from under a pillow. It's like a five yeah. pound piece of selenite. Like, well, where'd you get that? <laughs> so yeah. whatever makes you feel comfortable, you know, as long as, you know, you're, you're safe in ceremony with mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's great to have your little altar. Mm-hmm. Be mindful when you bring or pack anything that other people who have that too and the space may not, you know, be that big to have big altars. So bring your mm-hmm. small altars. No, no statues of a jaguar to sit <laughs> in front of you? A big one? Well, well that never happened though, so I have to say. It? Someone people. did that once in the ceremony. They brought this big oh, stuffed really? animal. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. There was a, there was a, a guy, mm-hmm. that, uh, I think it was a, a lady, who brought a big stuffed animal. <laughs> And we were like, you can't, you can't have that here. Because <laughs> it was soft? just so big. And the issue was the way, what it, the way it looked. It was actually very, like, I don't know, very uh, aggressive looking. Mm. And so we were like, I, you might, it might scare someone in the middle of ceremony. Mm-hmm. So that's where we, where we were like, as much as we want you to have this, this loving thing with you in ceremony, I it, it, there's a line. There's a line of what might be acceptable for other people, too, because yes. they're also journeying. Yes. And it might trigger them. Yes. So it was just one of those things. You don't remember that? It was really mm. funny. Anyway. I don't remember that, but uh, I am the beneficiary of a lady forgetting her pregnancy pillow in ceremony that pregnancy I adopted. Pillow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I sleep with a pregnancy pillow. He does. It's, it's glorious. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know what it is, go Google it. Oh, yeah. man. It's the it's, best thing in the world. And it's it's a travesty that it's been relegated to only pregnant women. But pregnant women are smart. And they, they got it going on. I'm in the club, though. I know. So is our son now. He yes. loves it, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Jackson's got one, too. He does. He loves it. Anyway. Oh, um, I was going to say eye masks. Eye masks. So for people that yes. may get distracted, and we see it all the time in ceremony mm-hmm. where people are just too busy. They don't want to go in the medicine, so they're looking outwards. They're looking at other people. They're looking at us. They're looking outside. They're looking at whatever mm-hmm. to distract them from going inwards. Mm-hmm. And so um, eye masks, they're yeah. a great recommendation for people who might... Be distracted, and mm-hmm. because that forces you to keep your eyes closed yes. and to go inwards, to continue that journey inwards with Mama. That's a good point. So I think that's another. Yeah. And earplugs for when you go to sleep after ceremony. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I truly don't believe people should have earplugs in ceremony. No. I think it's way too important to be able to hear what's happening. Yeah. Around them, especially the, if it's the like, ikaros, exactly. the music, whatever they they should be engaged with that. Yes. 
Um, but I agree with you completely because if you're sleeping in a shared space, yeah. for me, earplugs are necessary because yes. I can't sleep with noise. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I can't sleep after the medicine anyway. So that's a whole nother story. <laughs> so I think we're, we're good on like all the things we can pack and bring. Yeah, to prepare. To mm-hmm. prepare I everything. I think we covered most of it. Yeah. Hey, just one thing not to pack. Please don't bring any snacks. <laughs> Wherever okay. you're going is going to take care of you. and yeah. Or should. Or should. And you yeah. just don't know what it is. You don't want to be putting anything in you um, by mistake. So mm-hmm. something as innocent as like a granola bar or a box of raisins might not be what you need at the time when you're mm-hmm. hungry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also snacks, I mean, often can reactivate the medicine. So mm-hmm. depending on what you're put, ingesting after a ceremony. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to follow wherever you're going, whatever their guidelines are. Exactly. Please don't bring outside food. It's disrespectful to the people that are holding the ceremony for you and to the medicine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe some electrolyte powder or something like that yeah. that you would want to run by the facilitation staff mm-hmm. when you're there. Um, something like that could be very helpful to help you you know, recover a bit from, from the mm-hmm. expenditure of energy during ceremony. But make sure you run everything by the the people that you are attending ceremony with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah. Okay, so we have all our, our stuff, mm-hmm. the food for the day, and then we arrive to the ceremony place. Mm-hmm. Normally, they will tell you what time, how much in advance, to all sit together in an opening ceremony or opening prayer in which like uh, the space is opened. We get to know the facilitators, the ones who lead ceremonies, so the tribe, the shaman, whatever it will be there, mm-hmm. all the other participants. And also there will be more share about how that particular ceremony will go and what are the particular uh, rules and mm-hmm. regulations. Mm-hmm. You know, the rules and regulations are there so that you can benefit the most and everyone can benefit the most in the most safety mm-hmm way possible mm-hmm. uh, in the most sacred way possible in respect of everyone all the spirits of the plants and yourself right mm-hmm. my recommendation would be to get there on time or early you know if there's a, a certain window you want to get there with a little bit more time than you think you need um, like Melissa said you want to introduce yourself and meet the people get comfortable with who you're going to be with mm-hmm. I personally um walk the grounds of wherever I'm at. I take a walk, I walk around the property, I just make sure I'm comfortable within the space and I know my surroundings. And then I'll go into the ceremony space and I'll uh, feel out which area is the right space for me to go ahead and, and have my journey. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that's the one of the most important parts is picking that spot in the ceremony space that resonates with you, that you feel good about. And if one's not calling to you, then make sure to avoid the ones that are pushing you away. So, <laughs> you know, you might not know which one is the spot, but you also may know which one's not the spot. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, I also like to center myself, too, when I get yes. there. So for me personally, if I'm, when I'm preparing myself for ceremony, I, I have a, a ritual that I go through. You know, I like to clear my mind. I might do a meditation. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I, I want to energetically clear myself too. So I will, um, you know, cleanse my entire aura. Yeah. So there's, there's a, a preparation and I think everyone is different how they prepare, but 
the goal is you want to prepare your mind, body, and spirit for mm-hmm. coming to this medicine. So however that means to you, I would suggest doing something um, to prepare yourself, just to get yourself centered, relaxed, in a calm state. Yeah, yeah. that's really essential, very important. Yeah. And then so now we are at the ceremony time uh-huh. and everybody will meet in the space normally is the space will be with mats mm-hmm. um and then here it really differs it depending on what tradition or what style the ceremony is hold or maybe it can be a mix a blend of different styles right. so what, what we know and experience we by we it's we here <laughs> as three uh, we experience like what we call like neo shamanic tradition. Mm-hmm. I mean, not tradition, neo shamanic style. Mm-hmm. And then Shipibo, which is from Peru. I think you sat with Kuntanawa, with Colombian Titus. Mm-hmm. And I recently sat with Yawanawa. So we can briefly just give a little bit of an, an example of each of this different style. And there's probably more. And this, all, this is just for the one who are listening, to let you know that there's different style of doing ceremonies mm-hmm. and what you may kind of expect, but really the big suggestion is leave your expectation to the door, listen to right. the facilitators that are there, follow their instruction, be open as if it were your first time. And each time is like so different. So it's like each time is our first time. So approach it with a, the ear and the eyes of a student, of mm-hmm. a learner. Here's an important note in that, you know, as long as you're entering into ceremony with reverence and respect for the medicine, there's really not a wrong way to do it. There's ways that you feel more comfortable than other ways. Mm -hmm. In a lot of these traditions, you can try different ones. And whichever ones resonate with you, um, that's the ceremony for you. Mm -hmm. And that may change over time. Mm -hmm. You may have a desire for one ceremony style and then, you know... You've gone through that and experienced it, and now you're looking for something new and different. So yeah, try, try them all and see which resonates with you. Um, and there is really no wrong way. There's just a better way for you at the time that you attend that ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and I think like for us, like we, we all started off in that sort of neo-shamanic tradition, which we, you know, we weren't sure what to expect, mm-hmm. and that's how we were introduced to yes. it. And so for us, we went into ceremony, and, and um, the way they do ceremony is very much, you know, they cleanse the space, they cleanse you, and and then they bless the medicine, and then they they start the ceremony with, um, with a playlist. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, it's a curated playlist of specially mm-hmm. organized medicine songs with mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful messages. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. sometimes they may have some live musicians also. Correct. Yeah, some live music. And um, so, you know, for me, that being introduced to the medicine in that, that regard, I, I actually did not know that there was any other way to mm-hmm. do. I really didn't until we met more people who were going to the medicine in Peru and started mm-hmm. talking about the different traditions, like the Shipibo tradition. And then, um, and then I sat with the Kuntanawa. And the way they do ceremony, completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, they, you know, they start their ceremonies off with Sananga and Rapé. 
And so um, that was, and everyone participates in that. I mean, you don't have to, but it is offered to all the participants, Mm -hmm. which is um, different from what we were, again, the tradition that we started our journey with. And I found that very interesting because Mm -hmm. um, that is just something that they believe in, right? Um, But again, they also, they too cleanse the space, they too cleanse their own you know, personal bodies and everyone there. So it's, uh, it's very important. I think wherever you go from what I've seen is that the people holding ceremony are cleansing the space and cleansing the participants mm-hmm. prior to the ceremony starting. Yes. Um, it seems like that's f- consistent among all the t- traditions mm-hmm. that I've seen at least. Mm-hmm. Would you yeah. agree? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and themselves they're Well, yeah, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Um, but like with the Kuntanawa, for example, like they're tra- like in the neo-shamanic, we're, we're lying down, you're listening to a playlist. In the Kuntanawa, you're sitting up um, and you're actually participating in the Ikaros. So mm-hmm. um, they would sing the Ikaros and then you would repeat it. So you would participate like they would sing it um, like three or four times, like the same, this, the the same thing and you would actually participate and then he would move on to a different one so it was really interesting and it was very much like you felt a more of a community feel mm-hmm. where each person was uh you could see we were all sort of like tethered together energetically almost with our words and singing mm-hmm. um in the space so it mm-hmm. was very int- it was very interesting mm-hmm. i really enjoyed it um and then they would also um in their tradition they would also break up the ceremony and move people from one space to another space, which I found really interesting and challenging because <laughs> <laughs> at one point when he was like, all right, let's get up and move to the fire. And we all were like, I, I, I literally thought to myself, I can't move. I don't know if I can move. Mm-hmm. But I was able to, like, there was something Mm. that I was able to finally get up and move. And I was so like proud of myself for Mm. being able to get on my feet and walk to the fire and, and participate. Um, but it's just something that they do. They, Mm -hmm. they just, they sort of move the energy. And I think that's their way of, of sort of when he feels the energy gets a little bit too, uh, too dense he wants to, he moves the energy and so mm-hmm. he gets everyone up and to move outside because mm. we were inside at the time so it was just very interesting how they held ceremony mm-hmm. and i found it a beautiful way actually yeah. um but even when we were outside and we, we actually started ceremony outside he still moved us <laughs> mm. so we were always he would always move the energy mm-hmm. i don't yeah. know it was really interesting and kuntanawa found it there's sim- more similarities with Yawanawa or also Huni right. Queen. That uh, Huni Queen, mm-hmm. I haven't participated, but I talked with a shaman of mm-hmm. Huni Queen, Mapu. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Brazil, and the shaman is called Page, mm-hmm. right? And and so the same. So they start. Well, they did not start offering rapé, but you would definitely could do your own rapé. Uh, and then they served the medicine, and so it was like a whole first part of. Been with the medicine, drinking the medicine. They started with singing Icarus, just with the voice. Then there was like, um, a sh- a, they served the medicine again, and they start with pl- singing Icarus with music instruments. Mm-hmm. And from time to time, they were like all s- standing up and like in a big circle dancing and singing together. 
mm. as well. So moving that energy and singing was, uh, it was, yeah, very beautiful. As I said, like this sensation of being a family, of celebration of yes. life and joy. Mm-hmm. And that's also what Mapu was saying. It's they heal by bringing joy and love. Yeah. And that's what heals. Yeah, I feel like that the, the Kuntanao is very similar to mm-hmm. that as well. Yeah. And then there was like a, a, a third time serving the medicine. And then at the end, they closed the ayahuasca part, but the ceremony was still going on. And they opened the rape part, or in Brazilian, rumi. Mm. And, and in the meanwhile, like uh, the, the page, uh, Mazzini, he also like would like share some teachings so actually token ceremony which was um new for me but it was beautiful because like it was amazing sharing from the spirits from his knowledge and also like a better understanding and sharing of what is rumi so rapé and how to use it uh which even if i had used rapé for four years i was just open up so much more like knowledge and understanding and respect and renewed my love for this medicine as well Mm-hmm. But I would like to, to do a quick point. How interesting is that you see how they do ceremony in this tradition, different traditions. You can see also somehow it passed in the culture. Mm-hmm. Because in Brazilian culture are this way, like this joy and love and the dancing. Yes. Like 100% there. Right. That, mm-hmm. And you see in the Amazon, although, you know, it's. The Brazilian people are like the Portuguese, the slaves, but this from the Amazon, I guess, it's just injected into the culture and it is very present. And then you move to Colombia where there are, I don't know much about Colombia, I don't want to say anything wrong, but there's definitely this idea of more machismo. Mm. And you see also how in the Titus tradition, so they're shamans, it's, first of all, it's just like a male lineage. And it's just by blood, right? So you cannot really be a shaman if you're not born into being in the family. Right. Um, And also, like, they call it yahe instead of ayahuasca. And some people say that it's because it's it's cooked a little bit different with um, um, chaliponga, which is stronger, and so on. But I also talk with Titus and... It seems like they cook it the same way as others. I guess it's really, and 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 you know, so depending who you talk to, they're gonna tell you different things. And mm-hmm. also depending on the time of the day of the year, the same person, the same shaman will tell you a different story. And yeah, <laughs> and it's, it sounds it may sound weird to us, but I think it's just like it's the the answer you need to listen at that time. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> so that, I don't know exactly, but I my theory is that Yahes because of this more masculine tradition. So there's this more masculine energy. So it's like it's more tough if you want. Mm-hmm. And the the, um, the the ceremonies, the Colombian ceremonies are more like either in the silence or with less say, yeah, music yeah less mm-hmm. music more looks sometimes like an actual hospital so they're actual um traditional doctors and everyone sit in the hospital bed and just give in the medicine and let the medicine work and go around to have this the, the process works and mm-hmm. 
and B sometimes is their masculine energy, like pushing it very like this masculine energy of pushing and like tough in a sense because pushing out instead of smothering and smothering, mm-hmm. but that's the way they work. It's like go in and 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 heal whatever needs to be get out, get out, get right. out. Right. Yeah. And we saw less um, Icarus, sometimes the thing, but it's, uh, yeah, that would be, I would say, the atmosphere of a Colombian ceremony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how is Yawanawa? Yawanawa is very similar to Hunikuan mm-hmm. also. Yes. Yeah, yes. I think With because they're all from Brazil, they, they, yeah. they have a, a very similar way of holding ceremony. So it's really just, I think, really interesting. And then, of course, we've always talked about the Shipibo style, mm-hmm. which you've been trained in. And um, you yeah. can also listen to our podcast mm-hmm. on the Shipibo style because we've done a couple where we've mm-hmm. talked about that. But I think it's just very interesting how, you know, um, the medicine can still be a, do what it needs to do. And it's just a matter of, you know, what style resonates mm-hmm. and what works. And you know, as long as, like what you said, Rob, that there's reverence and um, sacredness, if you keep that in the ceremony space, then, you know, mm-hmm. mama can still do mm-hmm. her work and still come through. Um, mm-hmm. It just needs to be done, you know, definitely with reverence and respect for the medicine, for the tra- traditions, mm. um, and to make sure that you are, above all else, you know, maintaining the container. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever the container is, however that container is going to be, that that container, the energetic container that the ayahuasca is going to be in is clean, you know, and mm-hmm. um, is res- you know, has respect. All right, so we're in ceremony now. Mm-hmm. We've we've been given our ayahuasca. We've drinking it. Thought how it's not as bad tasting as everyone says. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. now what? What do you What do you do yeah. for the next four hours? Four hours for so the next thirty to forty minutes. Sometimes one hour is really just waiting to digest, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the medicine to kick in. And there is definitely a time frame where you're sitting there, mm-hmm. where the medicine hasn't kicked in, and you're thinking, "Is it going to kick in? Am I going to feel anything? Do I feel anything?" And you're really in your thoughts about that. And I will tell you, when it kicks in, you will know. Yeah. You will you, not wonder if you it's, will if not you're be wondering it. anymore. You will know it just, when the medicine kicks in. You know the mm-hmm. medicine kicks in. Yeah. So I usually do a little bit of amble. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll have my my sacrament, and you know, take a good half hour to do some amble and let that sit and ground. And when I'm all finished up with that, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ready to to get into the medicine. And right. we'll do another podcast about like. Uh, we talk a little bit about Ambil and other podcasts, but just Ambil. for the listeners, <laughs> we'll do a one-on-one on that as well. Yeah, we'll do a one-on-one on that for sure. We'll have Corey come in for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of when you're, as you're waiting for that medicine to kick in, it's really do whatever you can to quiet your mind, get centered and focused, grounded into the moment, try and, you know, clear your thoughts of everything and just sort of be in your body. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way to sort of start the process of meeting Mama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. I I have seen some people fall asleep 
which I don't really recommend because no. usually when they wake up, the medicine's activated and they're a little bit disoriented. Like, mm-hmm. what's where am I? What's going on? Oh, yeah. shit, what's this feeling I got coming on them? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So relax, <laughs> meditate, try not to fall asleep if you can. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a good advice. I, I, I did that mistake. Oh, did you? You woke up in it? Yeah. I woke up and started screaming. Yeah, it's very alarming when you wake up and you're in the middle of a, a journey, right? I can only imagine. That's never happened to me, but I can, mm-hmm. I've can. i seen it happen, and I can only imagine how alarming it is. And Yeah, I wouldn't personally like that. I've fallen asleep in a journey. I have never. You have? have? Yeah, but I was already in the medicine, so when I woke up, I was like, oh, okay, I'm still here. But it's not like I was, you know, pleasantly sleeping and nice and relaxed God. and woke up and... Um, <laughs> I've <laughs> never fallen asleep on the medicine, ever. Mm. It's not bad. I, I, I don't know what it would be like. <laughs> she does not let me sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've slept through, you know, a couple ceremonies. Well, yeah, that's true. That's the not In experience. The you did. Yeah. We may do yeah. the next podcast about this different mm-hmm. kind of For experience. me, yeah. that usually means I didn't have enough medicine. Hmm. If I had enough medicine, she wouldn't let me go to sleep. You know. And and you're right, it was it was back early in the beginning when I was trying to figure yeah. out what the right dosage is for me. Mm-hmm. Um and if I just don't have enough, I can I can get tired. Really? Mm. Yeah. Ugh, I don't know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah we'll talk about the different experience yeah. in the medicine even though each time is completely different you never have two that are the same correct but we can like kind of discuss some sort of generic yeah possibilities mm-hmm. but it's always be open your your you you your own experience will be different from anyone else and for your own experience that you previously had, if you had, always different. Yeah. No two will be the same. Never. So now that you're lying there and the medicine's starting to come on, you know, what's the what are the recommendations? Yeah, I would say the first one of the first a couple of sensation you have it's your heartbeat mm-hmm. raise and you have some tingling sensation, and it may happen quick, and it may it may be. Mm, may create some anxiety and it's not but because uh, you may be alert that this is happening Mm -hmm. and that's because it's mostly your brain that will read those clue from your body as there's something happening you know some anxiety something some something to to run away Mm -hmm. right so if you're aware that that's what your mind, your mind as a computer is reading those signs and say, oh, dangers, something danger. You know, if you're not aware, you may go with that and, and enhance the fear yeah, and add more into that. But if you know that's what it is, then you're like, oh, this is what's happening. Mother is coming. It's with me. Mm-hmm. I just need to take deep breath. A, a good thing to keep in mind is that when things start happening, remember that it's happening for you. It's not happening to you. That's, it's an easy thing to jump to. The conclusion is, oh my God, this is happening to me. I'm in this space or I'm, you know, it's not happening to you. Mm-hmm. It's happening for you. You know, the feeling you're getting and what's going on and what you're seeing and what's coming up is for you. 
specifically designed and tailored and delivered to you by your subconscious. So don't be afraid of it. And, and don't feel like you're some kind of victim that this is happening to. Mm. You know, this is, this is specifically designed for you to look at and see and understand. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great point. Yeah. I always focus on my breath. Um, at any point in my journey, if I ever get overwhelmed or get too, you know, worried about something or it gets, it doesn't matter, whatever's happening, I will focus on my breath, whether mm-hmm. it's at the beginning, the middle or the end. I'll always bring myself back to my breath and I'll take some really deep breaths and just really focus on my breath. Um, and that typically helps me move through whatever is happening in that point. Mm -hmm. Um, that may be caught, may be causing me some anxiety or what have you. Um, that typically helps me a lot. Yeah. I use the metaphor. I will explain to, let's say my people (laughs) that it's like a rocket ship. So that, that phase is like the launch of the rocket. Mm-hmm. And that's how you like, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, like the heartbeat. And like, and you need to put your seatbelt and the seatbelt is the breath. Mm-hmm. And that would not last the whole journey. If you allow it with the breath, then you're going to be in space and it's going to have this beautiful navigation. Mm-hmm. Even sometimes there's some turbulent, turbulence, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But if you can, if you don't know, if you're not aware that's what's happening, you can get stuck in that first phase of launching the rock, rocket and your whole journey will be you be stuck there. Yeah. And will be very unpleasant. Exactly. <laughs> because you're going to fight. It's like, no, you, are the, you have the brake on this rocket mm-hmm. ship that's trying mm-hmm. to launch and you keep the brake and there is... Yeah. It's a fight that is unnecessary, mm-hmm. understandable, because you don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you know it, that's why you were here. Put your seatbelt, the breath. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so important. I can't tell you how many people I've had to walk through breathing yeah. in that very first, like, you know, hour. Mm-hmm. You know? But once they get through it, and once they're like, okay, and they trust it, and they breathe, and they breathe, and they breathe, then they're like, done and they can get they move on it's so important because it's one of the only few things you have absolute control over Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of stuff that's happening and things that you're not familiar with and you're not sure what's going on but what you can do is you can breathe and Mm -hmm. you can hold your breath you can breathe it out you can breathe it in you can breathe in more you can breathe in less you have absolute control over that Mm -hmm. it's it is very grounding yeah um you know for me I find that I struggle a bit because of thinking. Mm. Um, I think a lot, and that creates <laughs> problems. Um, not just thinking about whatever's happening, but a lot of times I'm like, how am I going to describe this? What am I going to say in integration? How, what? <laughs> I don't even know how to put it in the words. Okay. And, and, you know, I got this little, yeah, you know, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, this little monkey in the background, you know, yes. pounding out, you know, thoughts. And boy, if, you know, just, if I can just quiet that down, it's going to be so much more enjoyable because I really don't have anything to focus on. You can just be there and be in the moment and, and feel what comes up because what's supposed to come up is not your thoughts, you know, your thoughts, the thoughts are what you're bringing (laughs) up based upon what's going on in your journey. At least that's for me, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think about what's happening, what's going on, what am I seeing, what did I hear, what's the message I'm getting? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's very distracting for me. 
Um, so if you can be aware that you're doing that and kind of set that to the side, mm-hmm. doesn't always work. You know, jump back in. You just got to keep putting it away like a bad little toddler in timeout. <laughs> but that that's always very helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like I agree. old tradition, they say to focus and be alert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, all, like by tradition, I mean all the different tribes. Mm-hmm. But if you want also like... Oh, spirituality tells you to just be present. So, yeah. Again, that's yeah. another lesson. Come back. And that's what I do. Like in my journeys, if I find myself like going into my thoughts, I will refocus myself on being in that moment, whatever is happening in that moment, like mm-hmm. fully present in it, like just experiencing it, like feeling into what am I seeing? How am I feeling about what I'm seeing? Like, what does it look like to me? What does it feel like to me? Like just really going right back into that moment. And it typically takes me out mm-hmm. of that, all those other thoughts that are, mm-hmm. might have been swimming around in my head. Well, that's really important you say that because the way ayahuasca works is it brings up these feelings and these moments and they're for you to explore and go into. And if you resist it, that's exactly the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so when something you know, scary or beautiful or frightening or whatever it is, when it comes up, go into it fully, explore it, accept it. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the way this medicine works. Other medicines work in different ways, but yeah. this one teaches you through, you know, really having that deep emotional feeling and connection to whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. And how would you go deep into that? Um, if it's... You know, say it's sadness, what, whatever mm-hmm. it is that is the sadness, you know, there's some catalyst for whatever sadness that is, that's where you need to go and you need to address it and you need to confront it. You need to be willing to sit there and accept whatever's coming up and mm-hmm. not change your mind, get up, you know, go get, you know, fill your water bottle or whatever. It, not distract yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. not distract yourself. You, you lie there, you breathe through it. And if it's an image of something that you don't like, you know, you need to see it. It's mm-hmm. being put in your face for a reason. And mm-hmm. there's information there that specifically you came to ceremony to get. And when you walk away from that, you know, you're you know, not hurting yourself, but you're just not learning the lesson that you came there and mm-hmm. is being presented to you. So if you can just accept whatever it is and go into it, not have any thoughts about it, pay attention, see what you need to see, hear what you need to hear, feel what you need to feel with acceptance. And you can have all the thoughts about it later. You talk to your integration coach. I mean, you're probably going to think about it for months, if not years, if it's really powerful enough. Mm-hmm. But don't rob yourself of that opportunity to, to really figure out what that's about by going and distracting yourself with something else in ceremony. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. That yeah. was really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Hey, blind squirrel found a nut. <laughs> good job. Thank you. <laughs> I'm done like a cow. I am too. Oh, me too. It Do we so have good. any other part of the ceremony? So we... we booster. Ad- mm. Booster. Mm. Well, Booster's <laughs> halfway through ceremony, and my feeling for booster is that I want to drink enough up front to where I, I'm hiding under my blanket thinking, why in the world would anybody want to drink any more of that stuff? <laughs> and that's, that's where I want to be. I want to get enough into my system 
so that I'm in that workable space. Yeah. Um, and if not, if you think, hmm, should I do a booster? Do it. The thought came up. It's it's presenting. If you're not if you're not hiding from the booster, and you're thinking about it, well, you're thinking about it because you probably want it. There's something in you that wants the booster, mm-hmm. whether it's you or your psyche. One of you two wants it, and that's why you're contemplating it. When you're both in agreement that you don't want the booster, you both hide. Well, I've also had it where, you know, I didn't want the booster, and Mama was like, no, take the booster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't want to take the booster. Yeah, and she was like, story. that's a whole mm-hmm. other story. But sometimes Mama wants you to take a booster yeah. anyway. So you have to listen to Mama also. Also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And other times be aware if you were just asking yourself because everyone is taking it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, don't do it just because the herd's doing it. Do it because you want to do it or Mama wants you to mm-hmm. do it. I can't even tell you how all, it happens every ceremony. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing it. Are we supposed to? I guess I'm supposed to. Yeah. Everyone else is doing it. No. You know, you don't want to look like you're a wimp or something. I mean, it's, that's not what this is about at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the worst thing you can do is have enough medicine and then pour a bunch more on top of it because then your messages become distorted and uh, unable to really clearly understand what they are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I have too much medicine, it's just my, my message. It's like you know, someone running through a a pond and mucking up the bottom and it gets all cloudy and I just really can't see it. I I have to settle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Eventually it settles, but you know, there's a bunch of turbulence before that. If it's too much and overwhelming, it's not workable space. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. To me, that's no, that's just not a good space to be in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's like, if it's your first time, you don't know. That's why you start and then you have a booster and, Often ceremonies, I mean, retreats are at least two ceremonies, so you can adjust a little bit and also ask the facilitator so mm-hmm. that you, you can find a workable space and you know when it's workable because yeah. you are in it, you can see the emotions, you can see anything that you need to address and also trust that whatever will happen in his happening is the way it's meant to be. Mm-hmm. And that's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, after booster, then the ceremony is over. Now what? <laughs> after booster, a little couple of hours, and yeah. then the ceremony yeah. is over. A couple hours for it's for me. Maybe more than that for me. It takes for, hours. For me, my favorite time is after ceremony, mm-hmm. and oh, yes. you get to sit around a fire, and you know you get to talk to people who sat in the lap of God for yeah. the last four hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're looking for stimulating. You know, mental conversation, that's the peak of Mount Everest here. I don't think you get any more, <laughs> I um, know. you know, just the, the depth of the conversations you have with people right after ceremony is probably one of the most beautiful things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, it's processing what all just happened. And yes. for me, the easiest way to do that is to journal or to talk about it. Mm-hmm. One of the two or both. Um, but I think definitely being able to process your journey is really important. Um, giving it some time to really sink in what happened to you, what, what did you feel, what go through the entire thing. And sometimes it's very confusing. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been times I've gotten out of ceremony and I was completely confused and had no idea, (laughs) but the best way to process that again, for me is to really just, okay, break it down. Mm-hmm. What happened? Mm-hmm. What was I feeling? Let me, let me see if I can like work through it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I think it's really important after ceremony to really sit with it, mm-hmm. sit with yeah. what happened. And that's when a great time is to talk to a coach. Mm. I yeah. think if you have a friend who's got some really awesome chimes, they can come dangle them around your head. <laughs> That's always really nice That's after ceremony. That's always nice, too. Oh, I like that. What kind of chimes are they? They're koshi, koshi chimes. chimes. Yeah, koshi chimes. Oh, they're go, so amazing. Go find a friend who's got koshi chimes and take yeah. them to ceremony with you. They are amazing. <laughs> yeah. Or come to our ceremonies. We have them. <laughs> <laughs> so, I agree with both of you. Like, like after ceremony... Like journaling, you have a little bit of time of silence to mm-hmm. yeah. process. That's the best time to process. But also it's like there's so much temptation I, of immediately hear about others' people because they're the best conversation you can ever have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really so amazing to talk after a ceremony with yeah. everyone. And everyone is so open to really connect deeply on a human and soul level. Yeah. That is really precious. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Ah. I also, uh, after ceremony, tend to eat raw broccoli and cauliflower, which I never <laughs> do in life. And <laughs> if for some reason, after ceremony, raw broccoli and raw cauliflower is delicious. It's, it's uh, just what gives uh, you, like, the added oomph. I guess uh, so. It's not good the next day. Actually, what's or, really good you know, about that is um, it grounds you back into mm-hmm. your experience, the moment. You know, like, that. the food actually mm-hmm. helps to ground you back in. Um, because you're, you know, on a ayahuasca journey, you're all floating out in the Netherlands, wherever. Um, and when you when you're coming out of the medicine, you still feel that a little bit. And so the food helps you ground back in into this reality. Mm-hmm. I've never, never heard that ayahuasca takes you to the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Well, to you the know Netherlands. What? <laughs> ha ha ha. <laughs> Maybe not the Netherlands. Nether. The ether regions. The never, never land. The <laughs> Etherlands. The Etherlands. Etherlands. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. So that's like the snacks after ceremonies. Yeah. They're often they're often um, offered. Mm-hmm. Often, not if you're in the jungle. Like no snacks. Period. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, because it's also like sometimes. After a ceremony, if you receive some teachings or some whatever, mm-hmm, uh, maybe ayahuasca will ask you it's better to fast mm-hmm. to settle mm-hmm. all the um, lessons in. But yeah, we often have snacks. And after snacks, sleeping, if you can. And that's it. Rinse, lather, repeat. <laughs> and as always... Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, you want to share how's your experience with the medicine or anything, just write your comments here or contact us also on Instagram. Kakao, you doing? And Kakao, you later. later.